0: They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. It's me. Oh, it's Thomas Putt. Welcome. Hello. Hey, I'm going through my new, uh, well not my new, but my old USB microphone. Does it sound ace? It actually doesn't sound too bad. It probably sounds better than normal, to be honest. Okay. Well, I should think it would because, you know, I've rigged up this whole setup. It looks amazing.
1: Oh, I thought you said you were using your old USB microphone. Well, I am. As opposed to the new one you were using last week? Or last week were you just like, stuff it, I'll just use nothing. I will just... Nah,
0: the last... <laughs> what do you mean? I'll just
1: last... use, my... I'll use my phone. The
0: last few years I've used nothing. Oh,
1: wow, look at but you. should I get
0: nice and close to the microphone then? Oh, you know what? It sounds so much better. It really does. Oh, well, you know, that's important to me because I need to sound better for you, Matt. I feel yeah. like I've I've let you down. So I yeah. just to make <laughs> yes, that general neglect, really. Um... Stop agreeing with me. <laughs> it's oh, not your fault. Are you, young man? It's great yeah, to I'm catch a... up with you.
1: Yeah, you too. You too. I'm okay. Yep.
0: Yep. How about you? You look I well-traveled. Sleep... I didn't sleep
1: well last night. Oh, is it the time change from from Tassie to Victoria? No, you keep
0: kept kicking it... me in the night. Um, I was too excited about recording this podcast today. That's what it was. You know why I think that
1: is? I think it's because today, that's it, it, folks. One minute and 20 seconds in, you're going to discover that we actually got our shit together and we had a topic already planned. I've written notes. I've
0: written notes, man. I've, I've actually given this thought.
1: That's I'm to be honest, I know. I'm thoroughly impressed. But I know, you, and you know, I know the worst part is now, we're starting this podcast out, we're setting a really high expectation. The worst thing is I prepared as well for one of the first times in history. And this is gonna be bad now, Tom, because we're gonna have so much to say that people are gonna be like, Can you just cut to the
0: point? I I'm, I'm thinking we're gonna to have to run it over a couple of episodes, to be honest. Like, I think like a two or three parter. I think it's the trend these days. Look at Netflix and all those other streaming services. They you know, Mary sits down and she goes, Oh, this looks good and she starts watching and then it ends within about half an hour and she goes, Hold on a second, that can't be the end. She thinks mm-hmm. thinking that it's a movie as opposed to like a six part oh, miniseries. Yeah, yeah right.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. So this this basically this topic could be like the fast and the furious. We'll have like <laughs> Matt and Tom's excellent podcast part 15 will still be getting beaten in years to come there's a lot
0: to cover and we won't give away the topic just now I tell you why I didn't sleep well last night Matt to be honest wasn't you Um, kicking me out in the end although you very comforting to have you there by by my side
1: can I have a guess yes please yes okay did you think right that With obviously the success of this new book launch that you've just gone and done a, we'll call it a world tour because you did go overseas for it, (laughs) Um, that that you finally for the first time in history got to live out your fantasy of just like sleeping in a pile of money, and you worked (laughs) out that
0: it's actually not that comfortable. Uh, Do you know what? It's oh god, you're so you're so onto it. I not the money part, mind you. I actually was thinking. I normally stay with my good friend Ian, who lives in Hobart. Shout out to Ian, love into death. He actually loves this podcast. You know that every time he listens, he just messages, "Oh, great podcast, dude!" Oh, and that's and a so good Tom, funny. Tom, Tom, Tom. No, no, that's a good
1: friend. That's someone who's clearly not listening, but they know that you released an episode. And they thought they'll just be supportive.
0: Yeah, they leave it a couple of days at least before they send me that message, which is nice. <laughs> so it seems more authentic. But I, I he wasn't around. I message him. Ian, coming down again, once again to Hobart, I think that was the fourth time in about eight months. Coming down, love to see you, love to stay with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Dude, we're going to be away, uh, catch up with you at the book launch, that'll be great. Fantastic. All right, there's me, trying to find some accommodation.
1: Now, Ian, just saying, if you were away, the good friend thing to do would have been to say, hey, Tom, we're away, so you can actually just use our house. That's what I would have thought. Keys underneath the doormat, off you go, Mm. make yourself Mm. at home. It's, it wouldn't no. be that much different normally the keys would be in the bowl wouldn't they <laughs> all of you and then but this time we just out
0: of the doormat. This, this is it this is it leaving me in suspense for the for their homecoming and, <laughs> and no no I didn't get that invitation unfortunately so clearly I'm not that good a friend as you just mentioned. So uh, Ian is like a brother from another mother to me. He is like, he's the brother I never had. I do have a brother. Shout out to my brother who may probably not listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's three years older than me. me. His name is Tim and Tim and Tom. Tim and And Tom. Oh, my God. That that has to be a kid's book. (laughs) I'm sorry. So if my photography career just flounders, I can take up writing, do you think? And that'll be my first book. Maybe. Is he an artist? He's not. He's a geologist, in fact.
1: Wow, that's a kind of a stark change. Like that's a that's a
0: very diverse family that you got going on there. Well, you know, choose different things. You know, my mum yeah. said that when we were kids, my brother Tim used to come home from the beach with rocks in his pockets, collecting rocks, and I used to sit up in bed reading books on the national parks of Australia. So there you go. There's a a window through to our careers. Mm.
1: Right, there.
0: he had rocks in his pockets and she said you got rocks in your head. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I laugh so much at you that I laugh even before you said the joke. Anyway, anyway, where was I? So I'm thinking to myself, you're sl- talking about sleeping in the pile of cash. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'll just get a hotel, that's fine. And then I'm thinking, I really should learn how to be a bit more frugal, a mm. bit more careful with my money. And I thought to myself, well, I could sleep in the van, but it is piled pretty high with books. I'd be oh, sleeping- which is practically money. I mean... <laughs> Well, you hope to convert it to money at some stage. So I was thinking, well, I could have bought a little thermo rest, popped that on top of the books and had a, a kipper in there. But no, I got myself a hotel room, which was very comfortable indeed. Yes, thank you for mentioning I didn't sleep well because – thank you for mentioning the Tassie thing. I'll get on to that in a second. I didn't sleep well because let me ask you this. What do you look forward to? Nothing more at the end of the day, Matt. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, keep it, keep it hell, clean. Keep okay.
1: it clean. What time is the end of the day? Well. <laughs> we're talking um, like a 5.30, 6 yeah, o'clock or we're talking like yeah. a nine thirty, ten o'clock at night?
0: Oh, well, <laughs> let's go for the, the probably time the slot. I think I'm going to get a better answer from you. Uh, well, I do. not get kicked off any, all of these podcast platforms.
1: Can I say that it's actually, that my answer is going to be something that unfortunately I don't get often enough in my life. <laughs>
0: Um, 9, 30, 10 it's, o'clock
1: time slot. No, no, you know what? I really, really, really like just a a nice, and this is this is horrible because it's such a dirty drink. I really like a um, like a, a a rum and coke. Okay,
0: great. Well, that's the answer I was looking for. A Ooh. drink, right? <laughs> rum and coke. We'll have to put that in the memory bank. Put that along with the iced magic, right? Rum <laughs> and coke. Speaking of which, how's my how's my Christmas present going? Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, good,
1: good, good. Um I've put on about three kilos. Um so. <laughs> for those
0: who don't know, for those who are like, what <laughs> hell, these got, to these guys realize they're doing a podcast with other people supposedly is listening for entertainment and for information. I I for the last couple of years has sent Matt a very thoughtful present, I thought. I went mm-hmm. over to his place one day and there was ice magic in everywhere through the house and uh, everywhere through the house, empty bottles left, right, and center. And I'm thinking, what the hell's the deal here? And his um, beautiful life, Laura said that, yeah, Matt's obsessed with it, loves it. So I bought him. I was with about three or five, you know, containers of this stuff, didn't I? I was going to
1: say three or five bulk boxes of containers (laughs) of this stuff.
0: (laughs) The, the, the truck backed up.
1: Beep, beep, beep. You can, you can bathe in it. Put it this off,
0: way. Off came the pallets. Year anyway. one, I
1: thought he bought me a pet turtle because it was quite a small <laughs> box. And then the second year that it happens, I'm like, geez, this boy's bought me a Great Dane. And then yeah. no, it was just different quantities of ice
0: magic. That's it. Well, um, you can thank me later. I can't drink wine anymore. So I didn't sleep last night because I've found now that even if I have a glass of wine, Yep, I do not shocking. sleep well. Ah, no. oh, toss and turn all night, hot, mm-hmm. throwing the sheets off, wake mm. up cold, throw them back on. Ah, oh, terrible. a hey, question with wine. this though. Wine. If you so, do,
1: do, do, you find though, like, so? I really enjoy wine. I'm a bit the same. I can't. I get. I have a pretty shocking sleep. Although I did polish off a bottle and a half of Sav B last night. <laughs> um, the where was my invite? I, yeah, well, I would have helped. Um, <laughs> well, my question is though, like I actually do some of my best work and some of my most creative thinking, and like not creative thinking is in like you know people kind of go, oh, what dumb things can I do because I'm drunk, but like if I've had a, a few wines, I yes. get awfully inspired about things and can and yes. can really do some solid, solid you know idea hunting and good work. You know? I, I agree.
0: I reckon it. it I, I've, I, you know. Alcohol affects people in many different ways, as we know. Mm. But I do get incredibly inspired and start thinking about lofty, you know, ideas. Is that the same for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And- but that's kind of depressing then because then you don't sleep very well, you kind of forget them all because you're so tired. <laughs> you got to write them down as you <laughs> that's
0: go. It. That's it. Didn't, there was a famous uh, inventor or somebody, a business person wasn't there, who used to keep a pad and pen by their bed and, you know, write down all their ideas as they're drifting off to sleep. Because there's that first stage of sleep where you kind of feel like you're awake but you're not. And they used mm. to purposely wake themselves up so they could write down these ideas because they were like coming from the subconscious. Anyway, I've been I've
1: been doing that with Evernote recently actually with, with photography ideas is I've I've been trying to get into Evernote to keep things, you know, in one spot rather than, like, post-it notes all over my world Um, because I get mixed up with the Ice Magic bottles and then it's (laughs) confusing. But I've got to say, though, like, I'm like you. I have terrible sleep after a couple of wines, but it does do so much good in terms of my, like, creative thinking. And, in fact, if you've ever been out taking photos on the piss, actually spectacular because it does. What? It really does.
0: No, it's you've the same thing. You've been drunk while you've been out taking photos. Absolutely. On your workshops. No, not, no not on a workshop. <laughs> but terrible. You know, the other don't one that go I do. On Matt's uh, night photography workshops, people. You won't learn anything.
1: <laughs> no, we just go to Young and Jackson's and do long exposures <laughs> yeah. of, of us falling off stools.
0: I'll um, hold up the bar. You guys set up your cameras out the front and come and grab me if you need me. In fact, don't even come and grab me at all. I no, won't you know eat. what?
1: You know what's ridiculous as well? I'm going to throw an extra piece of weird into this, right? So, have a few drinks, go out. Obviously, keep it safe. Don't go and like you know climb a mountain on the Re- piss.
0: Responsible, responsible consumption of alcohol, as we always. Also,
1: yeah. Whack some headphones in, yeah, and put on some epic classical music, like oh. big symphony orchestra stuff.
0: Classical. And I tell you
1: what, oh, and you know what, you it's almost like you're watching a movie as you walk down the street and because you're sort of seeing things in this like, you know, almost cinematic way, I think it just totally makes your your eyes focus in and hone in on different things. And you just think about all these different compositions and ideas. I I find it makes me absolutely focus. Whereas if if I'm kind of like, you know, stone cold sober and walking down the street with no music, (laughs) I'm just, no, I'm not that I do this all the time, but like if I was trying to get really creative about it, I do find that I just go like, I get distracted and I start seeing the things that I would normally see and thinking about the problems that normally exist. And, you know, like my mind's not in the moment of the shooting part or the photography part. It's in the, I don't know, it's just off doing stuff. Whereas like it's almost like you're a couple of drinks kind of like Dulls your thought process a little that's bit, it. so like Thumbs you can only focus on one thing at once. But it works.
0: It works. it works. There,
1: there you go. go. So, yeah, there we go. Hot, hot tip for today, team. Wow, go out on that's the it. That's the podcast, and music. everybody.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it oh how to take better better photos
0: and get killed yeah it's <laughs> that no topic for the next podcast um that's it. I, went, I went down we're in fine form i feel like we're back to ourselves matt i feel like you know we've perhaps been lost our way a little and now we're, we're back onto the ramble rubbish at the start and then a little mm. bit of content towards the end we're on we're on good time we have um, mentioned cameras at least once in the first 12 <laughs> minutes though. so that,
1: that's a that's a, a you know i think we're blending our styles
0: Correct, correct. I did go down to Tassie. I went on the Spirit of Tasmania. You know, I first did that crossing of the Bass Strait. The only time I've done it, my parents took us down to Tassie when I was only 10 years old. It was 1985 and we did a great little two-week drive around Tassie, got to see heaps of stuff, great memories. Anyway, the boat ride over on the older boat, which was called the Able Tasman, was horrendous. I, I describe it to people like this. When I woke up in the morning after throwing up violently all night, and sort of looked out the sort of bow, stair,
1: mm.
0: yeah, the, the front of the boat, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you couldn't see over the top of the wave in front of you. That oh, was that gross. Big. No. And, and you'd go over this wave and the boat would climb the wave right and then it would go bang down the other side of it. Mm. And as it pitched over the downward side of that next wave, the propellers in the back of the boat would come out of the water and the whole boat would just shudder as these oh. propellers were trying to gain traction. Did you hear and, did you when they came out of the water, did you hear these like whoom boom boom boom? I know it was, woom, woom, woom. No, it was like that. Like, oh, like, wow. uh, the okay. whole boat was shaked and rattled, and then the props go back into the water and then it goes down in through the trough and then back up the other side of this one. Um for hours, Matt. Hours. You, you're really selling this mode of transport, to be honest. Mate, I was I was terrified. I was petrified of going over. The only reason I was doing it was because the Freight company of the printers had said, we can deliver your book to Tassie, that's fine. But what we soon found out was that they weren't dropping the container in at Tassie. What they were doing is saying, oh, no, 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 we'll drop all the books in Melbourne and then we'll get a freight forwarding company to take your books down to Tassie for you. And that was going to cost five grand, something like that. What? Yeah, serious, four and a half. grand. How many
1: books are in Tasmania at the moment? Three pallets. Which is how many books? Oh, a thousand books. There's not even that many people in Tasmania
0: to buy them, Tom. (laughs) No, hold on a second. We're already talking about a a reprint of this book already. We we our aim is to sell it by Christmas. Anyway. it was smooth sailing the whole way over it was absolutely brilliant it was just um like almost like glass it was fantastic and i did a, a day sail there and i did a day sail back because i thought if it's going to be bad i want to be able to see what's coming as opposed to being <laughs> at the night and just thinking all these thoughts about you know titanic and ships sinking in the night and all the
1: rest of it so do you see any awesome animals because you, you would have been there's a lot of dolphins in that stretch of a <laughs> you are
0: you are spot on matt I, I did take my um, big bazooka lens and I, all the people you know you pull it out and the lounge and you know oh geez that guy's got a big that's the biggest lens I've ever seen and uh, <laughs> this is, this well, is the he... moment that we realized
1: that Tom Tom didn't have his own private cabin and was just getting changed in the middle of the uh, I was not getting in the changed. middle of the common area. <laughs>
0: You do have to pay, you know, you obviously have to pay for it. You can get recliner seats that you pay mm. for. You can get cabins that you can sleep in if you want. But no, I just sat in the lounge uh, and had a few coffees. Didn't even have a beverage. Didn't wow. even have a drink. No. Frugal no, I was, life. I was. No, not frugal, but more just like, you know, had some work to do. You also don't pool. want to have,
1: you don't want to have any drinks and then the weather turns a little bit and then you're like,
0: <laughs> now you've got a really good reason to throw up. You don't want to have too many drinks and then realise that you're only an hour or so from disembarking.
1: Mm. Can you imagine off. that? Can you be like, oh, look, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm actually not okay to drive. No. And then, and then you just got to leave your car on there and go back to Melbourne.
0: That's Is that it. it? <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. You know, it would they, have to have happened. You know, they've got like multiple decks. Like there's about five or six decks to put the cars. It's unbelievable how many cars fit on that thing, caravans, motorhomes, etc. It's nuts. They always mm. are talking... Uh, would the owner of the white Renault van 1NE4JT please come and uh, to your vehicle immediately? You're holding up the disembarkation of the vehicles on pick oh. three. <laughs> That's exactly
1: what happened in Titanic, wasn't it, when it started to sink and then and then it was like one person downstairs accidentally shut the gate and everyone got stuck down there and it was like... Excuse Are me, real? could that person come back and open? <laughs> open the um, You're preventing a yeah. thousand people from disembarking, and it's, it's getting wet. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Terrible. yeah, Terrible. full on, full on. Um, there you go. And did, yeah. How did your book launch go, though? Obviously, a reprint. That means it was a very successful. I did see someone holding one of your books, which gave me the impression that they bought it. <laughs> you're is, such that, an is that? No, There's that's a, an that's an an fair co- that I swear. a fair. That was a. Hey, Come you know on. what? A lot of people, a lot of people make books that never ever sell. So I am just saying that I saw people holding your books, which it went well then. Tassie's not a big place either, so like I mean, it's a it's a beautiful place, but but
0: I feel you know, like you are belittling
1: belittling the Tasmanians here, belittling the Tasmanians. Yeah, I am not belittling the Tasmanians. You are so you oh, you're are so. so look, you've you have changed. You are on ten thousand. <laughs> You, you used to all be about let's let's have a little poke let's have a little poke no i'm good i'm good I hey,
0: um we we did have a few people turn up which was fabulous thank you very much um yeah, rob, good. rob at wild island looked after us fantastically well we had it at um, the gallery there which is awesome if you ever go when you go to hobart each time i always pop in and see the wild island gallery there in um salamanca place great mm. little spot and rob blakers is a I'd like to say a very dear friend of mine, he'd probably say Tom who, but um, <laughs> oh, sensational photographer. He's Isn't that Tim's brother? <laughs> That's, <laughs> it. That's it. Um, and uh, we had a great turnout. Uh, we sold quite a few books and then, you know, the, funnily enough, the, the the cover thing, you know, we printed two different covers. I saw that. We, yeah, I actually, yes, in so, our text messages, I saw that. Yeah. And so yeah. people were going, So are they a different book? And we're like, no, 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 different cover, same book inside. People were buying one of each and we're like, are you giving that away? And they're like, no, 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 we wanted to have both covers.
1: Or did they genuinely think it was two books? And you're like, yeah, 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 it's two, two <laughs> different afraid. books. And they open up and they're like, what the hell, Quick, it's the same book? Bro,
0: don't open them up. Yep, yep. <laughs> Keep the plastic wrapping on them until you get home. <laughs> it's
1: actually, a collector's item. So um, if you open the plastic wrapper, they'll lose their value. Um, <laughs> that's it.
0: That's it. I once did a book like that and had them all shrink wrapped. And all I did was the whole time was taking the shrink wrap off so that I could sign them. It was the most pointless exercise ever.
1: Well, I was going to ask, and I mean, I don't want to put a negative spin on this, but
0: ah, oh, well,
1: <laughs> that's a lot of plastic, Tom.
0: True, I agree. It's yeah. not good. It's not so good. So,
1: all those beautiful dolphins you saw on the way over to Tassie probably weren't there on the way back. Yes, uh, there were a lot of dolphins, which was fabulous. Mm, they're probably was choking, bad. choking on that shrink wrap plastic now.
0: <laughs> don't say that. And and then the dolphins, not like the ones you get here in the bay. They've got the beautiful um white stripe oh nice yeah you know the ones two yeah white. i'm yeah. not
1: going to say that i know the name of them but the ones in the bay are actually like a completely unique species they're that's the only place in the world you find them
0: is that right i didn't know yeah that.
1: yeah how many I don't are know. do you know uh, i don't know
0: right, right. I've, lost do know your, um, are... I've lost your i've lost your radio wave off my computer here i hope you're still getting yours at your end oh because no, still, I can still see it strong. Okay, okay, it's coming up as orange. I'm not sure Ooh, what that means. That doesn't usually is experiencing some connection issues, but recording well, is we... being saved locally, so that's good to know.
1: Well, why don't we? Should we just quickly pause this?
0: And then no, just every lock time it we off? do that, no, every time we do that, it goes bad. It's saying that it's still recording. That's okay
1: okay
0: um make sure hey um do you
1: know how excited some of our listeners were just then they were like oh my god finally they're going to finish this podcast on 20 minutes for once mary would be stoked she'd be like congratulations guys you've finally taken my advice <laughs> i don't know that she's listened to one episode of this podcast how oh, but if she knew it's 20 minutes she might she might remember it. she had that she had that point she thought it should be a 20 minute podcast
0: we would not even get through our ramble by 20 minutes look at us we're still going i've got another point to make okay um do you know that I won an award just this week? Mm,
1: I did see something about it, but it t- yeah, <laughs> go on, you talk about it.
0: <laughs> I entered for the first time the uh, Great Walks presented by the Southern Ocean Walk, the Great Walks magazine um, Photographer of the Year. They have two categories. One is a people in the wilderness and one is a wild places. And I with my beautiful shot of an aerial photograph of the Bungles won the wild places category. So I'm now the wilderness photographer of the year of the decade of the century.
1: Uh, for the (laughs) wild walks, sorry, Southern walks.
0: For the yes, yes, correct.
1: Yeah. How do you think? Okay, so I'm not being pessimistic here. Tom. Oh, here we go. No, no,
0: no, no. I'm, I'm not. not I'm, my parade. I'm not running up my
1: tyres for five seconds. Would you? I'm trying to get you to pump up your tyres because <sighs> I'm sure I'm not the only person who has never heard of this organisation. Who are they? What do Phew. they do?
0: And why are they such a big deal? If you walk into any newsagents, you will see a magazine called Great Walks Magazine, and mm. they run the competition. It's um, proudly sponsored by Southern Ocean Walk, and I've won a, a, a walk on their on their little thing, you know, down at uh, Jarvis Bay, Cape Jarvis, down in um, the Floria Peninsula in South Australia. So for four days I get to walk along that beautiful coastline, stay in some fantastic accommodation, eat nice meals, etc. and I'm thinking of taking somebody else with me.
1: There not necessarily
0: go. not necessarily Mary. So Cam Blake, pack your bags, buddy. <laughs> pack your bags. Yep, yep. You hit it the nail you hit the nail on the head. Well, um perhaps alluding to you, but you know, like oh. we could have done podcasts every day from you know oh, in the field so to fun, speak it? that'd,
1: be, that'd fun. be fun hey
0: that's see the, i we're did pump your tires time. up just then by the way
1: because i don't think anyone knew that they were a magazine because no one's been into a news agency in like 17 years so <laughs> they that sounds like a really good award congratulations tom thank you thank you i'm very honored anyway because thanks. on the other flip side of this i have seen a, there's been it's almost like it's like um, like photography competition awards season, but it feels like there's so many people posting at the moment going, oh, I've won this, yes. I'm first place in this. And I look at them, yes. I'm like, that is the most vague rando award ever. Like, congratulations for winning it, but oh, do you been I mean like them
0: again? Jesus you no, it's you're a not all loser. You'd like, you get up on your little turret and you shout from the rooftops when you win, but then if you haven't entered, you oh, pouring Tom, raining on everyone else's parade. I'm not even sure that that's exactly what happened when I won. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I spoke about it more than you spoke about.
1: I it. I think first. you might have, but this is the thing with competitions. So I know we've got to come back to this because it's a totally different episode, and we're going way off topic. But <laughs> one one thing that I Perfect. would love to do, Tom, is we should have an episode where you just list out all the competitions and like what their month is, because you know what I reckon. I've just—I wouldn't well, even know where to start to look. Like you, you know, see them a, on a, Facebook, but you like, I've got an
0: Apple Note about that. When I mean, you know how you're oh, wow. talking about your Evernotes, I yeah. have literally 233 notes in my Apple to and and to to sift through. Some pinned, some not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And one of them is a um, an awards schedule, and I have about 10, and they're all in chronological order. And wow. I actually entered two of them just this week because um, there you go. Not that they were due necessarily right now, but I'm like I've, I, I had a bad run in the last few weeks where I entered two competitions and and shortlisted my photos and everything, just didn't press submit and ended Ooh. up missing the deadline, so free money mm. to them. Oh, no, you paid for them and everything. I paid for them and everything and I've never done that before. Yeah, wow. so not good. There I'm usually go. like, oh, I see it's oh, it's open for entries. Great. Sift through my lighter and catalog, go through my favourites, and then just press enter there and then and spend. I probably spend at least an hour every time I need to enter a competition, if not more. But then I'd also spend probably in excess of a thousand dollars a year entering these comps. By the way, there you go. Yeah, and some work and some don't. Don't yeah. think I win. I don't. I, I certainly don't win everything, but. I've had it, <laughs> but, very, but you, you would you would guess that if you looked at your um your, your website, is what people it? presume. I think well, that's why I made that point because I think people presume that I everything I enter, I win, which I don't. Mm. For many, 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 many years, I would enter and not win anything. Like I've been entering photo competitions since 1996, I think, on and off. So almost 30 years. So you've just got to have patience and persistence. Anyway, we diverge from the brilliant topic that we have today. Any other news from you, Matthew? Because I feel like I've done all the talking.
1: Uh, No real news. You know what it's like? Workshops. work. Oh, I've got new trips that are coming up. Oh, awesome. Tell us, quick. Uh, they're very small trips. They're usually kind of only advertised out to my immediate Facebook.
0: Oh. Matt's Mob
1: Groups So a bit exclusive. Really? Um, where we'll be going?
0: Have you done that already? No, no absolutely
1: not. No, no, oh. not at all. So um, is
0: this a broadcast that if you'd like to come along, you can still throw your hat into the ring? Not really. This is okay. one of those that, you <laughs> know. If you, don't bother mentioning it then. All right. Moving uh, on to you, you, you,
1: you'll see it on my Facebook group and um, if you don't well, see it there, we're well, I'm not a member invited, of your so Facebook um,
0: group. I'm not allowed. I'm barred, remember? <gasps> That's it. That's it. Um, those, those who are part was. of Matt's mob, <laughs> if you haven't heard about his little <laughs> trips coming up soon, make sure you jump into that Facebook group today. Send him a message. No, they're not, not yet. Um, I said they're
1: coming soon. They're coming oh, soon, Tom. Jeez.
0: Okay. So Keep an eye out for that, people.
1: That's that's exactly right. <laughs> and if you don't see it, then you weren't invited. So don't worry about it. All right. Ooh. Invite um, only. Invite only. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's that's good fun. Um, what else is news? Not much. I have one pet peeve to throw in the ring today um, because you know, that's my news. Is I'm getting a little bit sick of Tom. I'm getting a little bit sick of seeing aerial photos win competitions in landscape category.
0: But or it is finished, a it is a landscape photo. It's a landscape photo. I so didn't say legitimate. I didn't. I didn't oh, say it wasn't no, legitimate.
1: Didn't say it wasn't landscape. Yeah,
0: you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed today.
1: I, I enjoy. I enjoy a good aerial photo. I I'm really do. Put my finger right up your. You know what? But you know what? There are some lens, some aerial photos where you go, "Geez, that's bloody spectacular," and then there are some where you go, Thank "That's you. just a beautiful place," and you took a picture of it.
0: I anyway, have a, I have a confession on? to make. I have a confession to make, and I think I've said this already. So I'm not. This is not groundbreaking news. I'm moving away from aerial photography, and it's not because I don't love it, but I. I just had this blinding flash of the obvious um, last year where I looked at my photos and I went, they just look all the same. And then I looked at everyone else's aerials and I went, yep. And I, I realized what other people had been saying to me, which was they all look the same.
1: Did I assist you in that when I sent you your catalog from, um, from, uh, uh, from Shark Bay? <laughs>
0: I'm Probably joking. That. I'm
1: joking. Probably Charlie. that. I'm true. Joking. True.
0: Where you plagiarized all my photos from Shark Bay. Is that what you're saying? I didn't
1: plagiarize them. I downloaded oh, them and rebrand them. All right. You, know, that's, yeah.
0: <laughs> you just cropped you um, them on a bit of a, a, an obtuse angle and went. You see, there's my photo. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's exactly. I've, exactly. I've shot. I shot very similar to what you did, Tom. How amazing!
1: <laughs> my plane that's, banked I about three it. degrees I more think, to the left. <laughs> I think we've. Uh, that's
0: it i think we've um i think we've reached saturation and some people are probably going what do you mean we reached that three years ago but um it's very difficult for me to look at any of these aerial photographs now and not to poohoo anybody doing them i still run aerial photograph photographic workshops i love shooting them but i'm finding it difficult to see stuff and shoot stuff my own that is is wildly different to what's been done already i know I know years ago when drones, you know, hit mainstream and and people got up in planes again and helicopters and started shooting that genre, and we had this huge surgence with not only um, photographers here in Australia but internationally doing it very well indeed. Um, the, that um, yeah, I think I think we're we're on the downward slide. Mm. To be honest, well, I think
1: it's good. I think if you've not done it before, it's a really good thing and a oh, very rewarding thing to do. Amazing. But you're if you've done it a lot already, yeah. now you're kind of going to be like, well, I'm going to be repeating stuff now. Unless yeah. you go to some wacky, like yeah. wild location.
0: but and, and let me just say that I wasn't going to mention this today, but we do have our Lake Air Exhibition on just starting today. <laughs> <laughs> or if,
1: if you want to get a sneak peek, just go into Google and look up aerial photography and just, you know, any images you see.
0: They're mine. The good ones. We, ha-
1: we have a topic today, don't we?
0: Right, 30 minutes in, let's start the topic. Time starts now. The topic
1: is what is the first thing you should do when you buy a new camera or the first things that you should do? And I think we should take it in turns with this because I feel like we're both going to have a lot to add.
0: I feel like we're going to maybe have a bit of crossover as well. Um, oh, I don't hey, know. I've
1: got some random ones here. So us, well, so have eyes. So oh, good, eyes. Good,
0: good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got ten. ten. We might, we might need to split this over two episodes, as we've discussed already, because we don't yep. like to go any more than about forty-five minutes. We know people mm-hmm. to demand, although we are particularly funny, and humorous, and entertaining. But I tell you what, it's not bad when you first get a camera to unbox it. Put the uh, battery in, hopefully it's charged, and take off shoot without card. Have you seen that? One?
1: <laughs> have you got that one on your list? No, I don't have it on my list, but it's a very, very good one because I have seen that happen recently. Um, It was actually with a client of mine that I, so it was a business client who I was teaching to do their um, internal marketing photos at events Mm -hmm. and they shot an entire event without the card in and didn't realise.
0: No, and they thought that they were recording it, right?
1: Yep. And the phone call I got, the paint phone call was, hey, Matt, I don't suppose these cameras have any internal memory. And I'm well, like, why,
0: A, why nah. don't they? Because exactly. Because even, even the drones do. Well, when These you think eight... about
1: how, how like a te- you can fit a terabyte onto a micro SD card, how easy would it be to stick something that size in there totally. and be like, look, it's a crap, it's it's crap performance, but it'll get you out of a bind.
0: Matt, why in the hell do they have that function in the first place? Why would you want to shoot without the card and not keep the images?
1: Okay, so there is one reason I think that this would be useful. It's not that you want to keep the images like that. It's that... um. If you do tethered capturing, you don't need a card in there, and I'm not sure that tethered capturing without a card—I don't know if it still applies when you're tethered.
0: Would you? So if to your card, computer, would you not just take the card out, plug the cord in, and it just knows that it's tethering? Isn't well, it?
1: that's what I'm saying. I don't no. know that it does that. I think it's—I think that a you setting to, still it. applies, oh. to, so, so it would be like, hey, there's no card. you like, but I'm tethered. It's like you, but you said no cards.
0: So. How many people would shoot? tethered with these cameras that they sell these days compared to those who don't like 99.9% are shooting them untethered Mm. and yet the default on the camera is to shoot without card Mm. and you as Matt's just alluded to you might be shooting away and the thing when we shoot without a card is that it automatically flats up flashes up on the back of the camera every time you take the photo giving you the impression that it's actually recording the images somewhere and then all of a sudden you realize you press play on the back of the camera for example and go oh what did that look like the the, the one i took five minutes ago and you can't see it because you it's haven't gone. got a card in the gone take take it, it so off. there's take only it one
1: off. other reason it exists and that is that when uh, a camera is used in a shop for demos so, you you know, Camera Shop unboxes the camera, they put it on the shelf, and then someone says, can I play with it? And so they give it to them, and then you take your shots. They want to see the preview on the back of the oh, screen I, for that. I but absolutely. I think, again, that is such a tiny ridiculous, oh. like, make the setting. The, the Camera Shop has to change it, not not that the the millions of people who own the camera have to change it. Good it's, one. I like it's that. A trap. It's a trap. Let's that go. Is a very mate. big Off trap. go. Okay, so are we going to start with the basic ones and we'll work up to more complicated ones, yeah, or do we mix do them up a little
0: bit? Well, I'll mix it up, you know, a so variety of the spice of life. Okay, maybe. well, I'm
1: going to mix it up, right? Because I think otherwise, if we next episode when we pick this up again, it'll be a bit boring because it'll just be the long winded <laughs> ones. So I've got a really a bit of a random one, right? So when you do a camera upgrade, um, usually it's an upgrade and not like a side step, you know. So um, what I tend to find happens is people have got preconceived ideas of what their camera is capable of based on their previous camera right so if you've been shooting on you know like a, a low-end camera for years you you'd for instance say i won't shoot over 800 or 1000 iso because it gets really horrible and grainy but the new camera you've just bought is likely far far better in performance and so i would encourage people as a bit you know not the first step but definitely in the first couple of weeks that you've got your new camera to do an iso test so you sit your camera down in a relatively not dark room but an underlit room so you know like just your lounge room during you know the evening or during the day pop it onto aperture priority mode make sure it's on a tripod set your aperture to doesn't really matter at all as long as it's consistent between the shots and you take a photo of the exact same scene at iso 100 200 400 800 1600 3200 6400 12800 24000 whatever it goes up to, <laughs> just keep doubling it and then load them onto your Lightroom and flick through them and just see yes. what the equivalent isos are because you know for instance my my sony a1 um if sony if you want to sponsor this you're
0: welcome to uh i can happily shoot that sony a1 by any chance i do i do it's a great um, camera would you recommend people buy that sony a1 camera
1: absolutely who needs a car when you could buy one of those cameras instead (laughs) um (laughs) but um but as an example, like my old camera, my D850 was really good up to like, you know, 10,000 ISO. I was like, okay, this is really hitting my limits on it. Um, the Sony A1, um, you know, similar-ish, but I can push it a bit further up to maybe 12,800 before I go, this is really getting terrible. And it, and it's so funny because the amount of people I see going and they usually upgrade from like a pretty low-end camera to a pretty good camera these days, especially if there's been a few years gap in there. And they're blown away when they realise that, geez, I can happily shoot at a couple of thousand ISO with almost no you know, no impact on my image quality. I think it's it's mind blowing.
0: I think and that's a great tip. I'm I'm really pleased you mentioned that because Thanks, many you you are clearly a workshop instructor because many people aren't aware that that's probably something they should do. Similar to similar to also taking out a new camera, shooting with a new lens, and knowing what the minimum shutter speed they can handhold it at.
1: Ooh, again, yeah.
0: again, not not part of this topic, but again to know. All right, if I don't have my tripod with me, what's the minimum shutter speed I can go to without having camera shakes so that I can then use perhaps a lower ISO to, for better image quality or just to know that I can take that photo when I perhaps presumed that I couldn't?
1: You know what Absolutely. I mean? Well, you know what? That is kind of part of this topic, though, because, 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 let's because, say again you're doing a your big.
0: Because, <laughs> because of the wonderful thing she does. Do, 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 do. <laughs>
1: Um, so why I think it's relevant as well is these days, a lot of cameras are higher megapixels than what they were. So even if you look at Olympus as an example, in the past, they were maximum 16 megapixels, and now they're up to 20. That's not a huge jump. But, you know, most people, uh, not most, but a lot of people now are buying things like, um, you know, the Sony R series, which is like 40 to 50 megapixels, um, you know the even the Panasonic's got like a hundred megapixel or eighty megapixel camera, so really high resolution cameras. And what people don't necessarily realize is that the tolerance for motion blur, including camera shake, which is what you're talking about, um, the tolerance diminishes massively as you go up in resolution. So if you shoot on a twenty megapixel camera and then on a forty megapixel camera, mm. the twenty megapixel camera has twice the uh, um, twice the the what's the shit? I'm forgetting the word now, but um. the tolerance, I guess, twice the tolerance because, because you don't have as many megapixels of detail. So if you blur it a tiny bit on 20 megapixels, yeah, exactly. At 40 megapixels, it's got twice as much detail to blur. I didn't
0: actually realize that until I upgraded to a higher megapixel camera. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I can't do this as a a lowest shutter speed as I thought I could because the you know magnification of the pixels so to speak mm. as you said the tolerance was so much higher that you needed to shoot at a faster shutter speed in order to get the results you wanted from you know the camera so yeah, I, I totally
1: stuffed that up with my aerial shots or a few of my aerial shots on um in broom uh, actually I was just not thinking and you kind of don't think too hard about the little bit of vibration from all the wind against your lens right. and um I wasn't shooting crazy slow shutter speeds but it's a 50 megapixel camera and you know, they're printable because fifty megapixels is more than you need, so you don't need that level of detail necessarily. But when you zoom into hundred percent on Lightroom, I'm like there's a few shots where I'm like, geez, I wish that was just a a hair sharper, you know. Do you
0: remember what shutter speed you were shooting at?
1: Mm, can't say that I do, but I think um Oh, I was at one twelve hundred and fiftieth of a second. That should be um, fast enough. That's, unless so you are pointing fine. the
0: lens outside of the cabin of the plane Yeah, or the so
1: that was the problem. So the I was, was catching it. Yeah, it was more yep. than fine for that shot. But there was a few so, – oh, hold on, I'm trying to find them now. There was a few shots in there where it just – like, as yeah. I said, it wasn't crazy, it wasn't bad, it wasn't unusable. But I really do wish that, you know, I went a little bit faster. I think it actually was that whale shot that I took. Right. You know the one with the – yeah, the one I sent you with uh, – Oh, yeah, it was a banner. Yeah, it was also- yeah and, and again, like, it's fine, but if you zoom right in on it, yeah, there's a lot yeah, going on you're in that mean, shot. you kind of like, oh. movement. Pff, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't get
0: like, away with blowing it up as it a two-meter print.
1: I mean, probably we could because everyone would be like, wow, that's just so incredible. I don't care about the motion blur. But, um. <laughs> all right. So we've got, we've got, yeah, yeah. We've got hey, shoot without a card. And we've yep. got, what's the other
0: one? Um, well, the ISO got, test. Yep, yep. Do an ISO test.
1: Yeah. I reckon you can, we can squeeze one more each. Yeah, one, yeah. Let's one. do that. All right, yeah, you go. Let's you go, go for,
0: um, the, uh, I'm going to go for a pretty obvious one, which is mm. the um, color space that all of these cameras tend to default into is sRGB versus Adobe rgb 1998 or just adobe rgb or rgb whatever it says because most of the cameras um, that come out of the factories tend to be on a default which is srgb now why is that important if you're ever thinking of printing your own work shoot on rgb the the basic premise is this is that color space is like a 3d module think of like a big ball right and RGB is a larger color space, so it has more colors in it than what sRGB is. sRGB is a smaller color space, more compact, and was designed more for images going onto the internet, hence why the cameras default to that when they come out of the factory because they figure that most people are just going to be taking photos and popping them up on socials or websites, etc. But if you're really wanting – how would it make a difference? If you had a, a photograph that was predominantly red and it had various shades of red – the RGB color space is going to show off all those grades and all that um, uh, gradation of red much better than what an sRGB is. And the thing is, I can hear people saying, "Then why wouldn't I shoot it in sRGB because I really want my photos to look great on the internet?" You can do that. You can you can downgrade the image from an RGB into a smaller color space being sRGB using Lightroom, Photoshop, etc., and still make them look good. You just can't go the opposite way. You can't add more gradation of color into a photograph when it hasn't been captured in the first place. So, so that's Tom, my default. I, I always, when I'm setting up cameras for people, always make sure that I change it to um, RGB rather than sRGB.
1: That's a really good one because I've not done that with my cameras um, um, at all. You're um, terrible, burial. Yeah, no, that's true as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my question for that is because color colour is actually a ridiculously complicated thing. Yes. As I'm sure pe- anyone who's ever tried to print anything in their life would be aware. It is just a nightmare. Mm. Um, tell me, Tom, sRGB, uh, Adobe RGB, all those sorts of things, um, does that have an impact on just your JPEGs or also a RAW file? Oh, no, it has. Uh, it absolutely affects your RAW file. Really? Does it, so that's... would you get a bigger file if you're shooting RAW with Adobe RGB then?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I don't think you can necessarily get a bigger file. Because There's a bigger color space, it's more information, surely. You'd think so, wouldn't you? That's a good question. Yeah. Don't know. I'm, gonna go and ch- I'm gonna go and play with that know. later. You know, so, who's the you know, who is by the way, who is the color guru here in Australia is Sir Dr. Les Walkling. He's mm. sort of, you know, we like to refer him to that. Um, and if you are wanting to know more about this because you totally want to geek out, just google Dr. Or, or Sir Les Walkling. And uh, and color space, and he has a whole ton of stuff on his website about uh, all of this. You can you can just go to town on it.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I got to say, um, really good tip. Did not even consider that one to be perfectly honest. Um, do like that. The right. other the I've sort of led into my last tip um, for today's episode. Obviously, we'll pick it up. But um, I would always encourage people as soon as you get a camera to change it to JPEG plus RAW as your file types, yes. rather it's- than just JPEG or rather than just RAW. And why is that? Well, so for a start, um, even if you have no intention of editing your photos, which I think a lot of people, they don't, you know, they, they go, oh, I don't want to edit, so I'm not going to shoot raw. That makes sense because you have to edit a raw file. Um, the way you sort of explain a raw file to people who don't necessarily know is it's kind of all the information, but nothing's happened to it yet. So it's just data. Um, you need to process a raw file to actually make it into a photo yeah, of. you need to convert um, it
0: out of the raw format into something else that's actually printable or you can put on the internets, for example. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's more work involved in a raw file. But here's the thing, even if you don't have any intention of actually editing a raw file, the reality is at some point you're going to take a really important photo in your camera and you're going to stuff it up. You know, and that could be like you're taking some happy snaps at Christmas time, and you know it was Grandma's last Christmas, and you took a photo, and it was you know um, really dark because you'd had a few too many wines, and you forgot to change your setting. Um, now the thing is, in a JPEG, your stuff. There's nothing that really you can do about it. Um, that's not going to make your photo look totally trashy. Um, but even if you don't have an intention of editing yourself, I've had people come to me before going, Hey, I've got this raw file. Um, I don't know how to edit it, but could you process it? Um, and you can send a raw file off to someone, you know, you, um, there's online places, there's, you know, photographers and stuff, and you can actually go and save that photo. So it's kind of a great fallback if you're not editing, but if you are editing, it's a no brainer You need to have the raw. Now yeah. you might say, why do you shoot raw and JPEG and not just raw? Cause that would be pretty logical for a lot of people. Um, my logic in this is that I use my camera for my personal happy snaps as on a trip or a holiday as much as I use it for actual photography. Um, you know, there's always photos I'm just wanting to snap off and, you know, might be like shots from a workshop or just a behind the scenes thing or whatever. I don't want to have to edit that necessarily. And yeah. so um, I'm not going to remember to switch between JPEG and RAW all the time. Um, and likely, I'll switch it to JPEG for those couple of shots just quickly, and then forget to go back the other way. Oh. So having both is handy there. The other thing is that if you're a new photographer, um, seeing the JPEG as an edited, you know, or, you know, it's edited in camera kind of thing, but seeing it as a finished product, when you pop it into Lightroom and you've got the JPEG and the RAW sitting side by side, you'll notice the RAW file's got like no contrast, no saturation; it looks pretty crap. The JPEG kind of gives you a baseline to aim towards. Yes, In it does. Edits. It yes, just kind of gives a you that like it's
0: a reference file that you can exactly. then process your raw to make it look like the JPEG. Yeah, That's it. yeah, I agree. So, so JPEG
1: and plus raw, um, mixed with R- Adobe RGB, by the sounds of it, looks like you'd be on. Tr- you basically won
0: the competition already. <laughs> that's it guys that's that's the secret sauce that's the secret to my (laughs) success you've just given it away Matt thanks very much mate I thought (laughs) I told you that in confidence but anyway (laughs) hey um that that's great uh that's great value there I reckon uh, I reckon that's probably our best podcast yet Tom Absolutely, every podcast is our best podcast. What are you talking about? We can say like, that now because there'll
1: actually be people listening at the end of this one. It's pretty. Exciting. There might be. There, there might, be. might be. If I, you're listening you know at what? the end of this podcast, can you please leave a comment and say, "Hey, I heard this bit." Please, we always want to know that. <laughs> actually, use the safe word. Are Just put bananas in the comments a Safe
0: word. <laughs> and then we'll know. Bananas. That's it. Hey, <laughs> um, you know, I you you did overlap with that one on the my list, but I actually added another one to my list as well, so I still have eight to, wow. to tackle on our next episode so how does that sound Shall we shall we reconvene at a at another time Matthew
1: we should reconvene but we'll leave, leave people with one one very lucky last tip first no. thing you should do when you get a new camera book on
0: one of Tom or Matt's workshops oh I love it I love it absolutely 100% yeah and you know I think uh people they say oh do I need to have a pro camera or, or do i need to some people feel that they need to go and practice or do another course before they come on my course for example like, yeah. i send them i send them to you so <laughs> oh, all right Manny great to catch up with you catch you later thanks for listening everybody see you next time
1: bye